All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome to Dropping the Gloves. Thank you for joining us. John's here on location at Tim's house. Tim, how you doing? It's been a while, John. How you doing? Not bad. Can't complain. Actually, very well. Doing good. I'm, you know, above ground. That's all, that's all we can ask for. What's going on with your neighborhood? I, I pull up. There's tables strewn about the street. There's porta potties overflowing. There's garbage everywhere. None it looks of, like okay. a hurricane. Hurricane Ida true. did not touch... Michigan, not that I know of. No, it's it's all true. Go walk outside right now. What's overflowing? The toilets. No, they're not. Did you go in there? Well, no, but I saw the overflow. It's just a oh complete disaster. What happened outside your house? Why was, is it just honestly like a hurricane? I live next to a, a place, an outdoor bar. Patio. False. They live next to you. That's true. Uh, called Little Fleet uh, here in Traverse City. Food trucks and... Nice bar and everything. There was a block party over the weekend on Sunday, and it was it was good. There was a lot of people. They had live music. They had line around the block, and uh, I guess I guess they're still cleaning up after. But it was a fun night. I went the, I went the whole time. It was good. Like how good? So what's a block party? Everyone like you have to show your you're living in this area to get no, in? Or? No, no, they, they just had like a section cordoned off. They blocked the street. They kind of had it roped around, and you had to pay five bucks to get in and. They had live music all night, and and um, there's more. Usually, they'll have like a, a couple of bars. They had different vendors there selling their beer, and it was good. There were a lot of people, made a lot of friends, and had a good time. So you're 30 years old. You're at a block party. What do you do? Do you just stand there, holding up the wall, like leaning back and like shooting the vibes? Like, what do you do? We just yeah, we just stand there, and people approach us. That's oh, of course, it must be tough. <laughs> It's unbelievable. So, who approaches you? Just women? They form a line? Well, your words, John, not mine. But uh, yeah, maybe. But it was uh, there was actually one group that I met that was really fun. They were a little bit older. Um, What's a little bit older than thirty? Um, it's a broad I don't know. Like, range. There was it was a it was a bigger range, but most of them were like old enough, thirty, forty, fifty, probably. And um, and and this one woman was like talking to us, and she said there was a famous person in their group. And we're like, who, like who? And it was, I mean, you wouldn't care, but Elizabeth Taylor. No, <laughs> this guy that was in the original cast of Hamilton, like the the one that was on the original one, the one that's on the, the movie and stuff. Like he's he's a legit like Broadway superstar. 
and uh, and I've seen the movie. I loved it, and I was so I, I recognized him. She brought me over to meet him. But when she's talking, like this really famous guy, like with us, you should come over and say hello. And I was like, you think he's more famous than I am? And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, have you ever heard of dropping the gloves? Oh, she- <laughs> you're using it now. Yeah. Listen to you. And had she heard of the podcast? No. It's funny how famous is all relative. It's like, he's really famous. I couldn't pick that guy out of a lineup if you paid me a million bucks. Yeah. No chance. Even if it was him and somebody else, it'd be a 50-50 shot. So who's he famous to? 50-year-old women, apparently. But you're famous to me, Tim. (laughs) We were in the paper this week. That was good. Did you read it yet? No. I saw the picture. (laughs) I I picked up a couple... um, what do they call it? Issues? Copies. Copies. Issues. issues. Yeah. I'm I'm meaning to read it. I don't like reading about myself. I showed my kids. It was a big old picture. Crazy stuff. But anyway, so you met her. She obviously was impressed. She she approached you. Did you get her number? That's what all the fans are listening. They want to know. No, no. This is, this, this is an old woman. This is like, she was like 50. Don't say old woman. She's experienced. She has a long, she has some lessons that she could give you. She's got a lot to offer. She actually was kind of not famous herself, but she was like a movie producer. And she was, unless she was lying, this could have all been just whispering nothings to me. But she was just telling me all the movies that she worked on, all the famous people she knew. So. Did you know any of them? Was that big of an age gap? She's like, I work with Wayne Newton. <laughs> I know at who the that old is. Mirage. You have no idea the parties we used to have. It's like, why do you sound like that? I smoke a pack of. Dick. How was your weekend, John? Just cutting trees down. I cut down probably a good 25, 30 trees. And like, I'm talking... Chainsaw? Cha- oh, yeah, not with an axe, Tim. Chainsaw. It was hairy at times. I almost broke my arm one time. I like had to take a step back. I was like, whoa, that was close. Because I'm out there by myself. I don't have boys. I don't have friends who will help me. So I'm just doing it all by myself. I would have helped. You would break a bone just entering the woods. I, you're very fragile. I'm not fragile. I used to do this kind of stuff. I cut down many trees. Ever since I've known you, it's just been injury after injury after injury. That's because I play the game hard, John. I can't help that. You get hurt by yourself on the rink. You fall no, down and hurt yourself. I did not fall down by my own. Shoulder, your own. Nope. Broken no, was, leg. They were all collisions own. with other people. You're very fragile. And so I, I wouldn't do that to you. And frankly, I don't have the, I can't handle the liability. If you, if you get hurt, it's on me. I got to pay for the medical bills. That's a good point. I got to just carry dropping the gloves even more so. But anyways, I just chopped wood, got it all set up. The people are digging a hole right now. Actually, the excavators are there which is exciting for the barn. So we're going to dig a couple holes, septic, barn, and then we're going to put the walls up. Gosh, I don't even want to get into it. It's been a huge headache. My mason guy totally bailed on me last week, totally bailed. So I'm scrambling to find a new mason company to kind of come in, pour the footings, put the walls up so we can start erecting the beams and things. And it's just a whole, it's like a puzzle. You know what I mean? It's not even like a puzzle. It's like a it's like a building. You got to start with the foundation. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> the analogy is what I'm doing. So bear with me. Anyways, that's what I was doing. <sighs> so another news that happened last week: the NHL is going to the Olympics. Very exciting. There was some hemming and hawing. Obviously, they didn't go to the last Olympics, which was in Japan. I want to say it was over. Yeah, on no, the that Eastern was... block somewhere. I don't know. In some Asian country, uh, they're not all the same. I know that, but I didn't watch any of it because it was a different time zone. The NHL opted out. So there was some confusion. They didn't know if they was going this time around. The reason they went, 
like everything else in this world, ching-a-ching-ching, money drives everything. China is a massive market. You can go there, you can get sponsors, you can get eyes on your game. That's the only reason they're going. All the reasoning why they didn't go four years ago or five or six years ago now because of COVID, this got pushed back. They didn't go because, well, it's a different time zone. It's going to interrupt the season. The players, we don't want them to go. Blah, 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 blah. All of those same things are happening again in Beijing. But because Beijing can just take a whole container ship, massive ship of money and dump it off in your doorstep, Gary Bettman, that's where you're going. Right, Tim? Yeah, although there's already chatter that they're not going to go. Who cares? Why? Because COVID's going to jack up? Yes. Well, you can't control that. No, you can't. So as of today, they do have a stipulation in the contract with the IOC that they can opt out based on player safety, player health. If they think it's in the best interest of all the players, they're going to back out. We'll see. Usually in games like this, the health scenario, the situation, the bubble is usually better than what they have in the USA because they're not doing a bubble this year. So I don't know. I know the players want to go. I know the players who aren't going to the Olympics, they want them to go to the Olympics so they can have that two-week break. So all that being said, we're going to make it – we're going to – they're going. That's what we're going to base this on. And we're going to break down one run roster today. One, one roster today. I had a big cup of coffee this morning. The kids went to school. First day of school today. So it was a big day. We dropped them off. It was exciting. You know, they were all jacked up. And so I'm a little I'm a little emotional. Which ones are going to school? A Estelle Sophia Lillian. So they went to school today. Oh, they woke up. They got their uniforms on. It was a great day. Anyways, I'm emotional just for that. And I'm emotional because we're talking about the Olympics, Tim. And this is the source. It's a touchy subject. Do you want to know why? Why? Well, when I retired five years ago now, 2016 17 I retired I got an offer to play in the KHL for the Kunlun Dragons they were an expansion team they were in Beijing based out of Beijing they were starting this team in the KHL to try to grow the game of hockey in China in preparation for the Olympics so Mike Keenan was the coach Ah, the GM Scotty McNichols or McMichael, something Scotty Mick something, McPherson. He was the GM. They approached me. They said, hey, John, we know you still got it. We want you to come to Kunlun. We want you to be a dragon. We want you to grow the game in China. We'll pay you, we'll pay you a ton of money. Like I'm talking over a million bucks a year, like more than I've ever made in the NHL. I was like, wow, that sounds great. They were going to offer me a three, four year deal, which was going to coincide with the Olympics. I was like, this is, you know, great. And they said, to sweeten the deal, China is willing to offer you Chinese citizenship, and then you can play for China in the Olympics. No way. That was part of the pitch. So I was all geeked out. I was like, this is exciting. You know, we, we can extend our hockey lives. We can go probably buy a pretty sweet little condo in China live wherever i don't know in in one of the biggest cities in the world and then i get to play for china in the olympics how great would that be win a gold medal for china in the olympics oh what a dream what a story that would be for the hockey world john scott playing for team china at the olympics and it was gonna happen but my wife said no (laughs) so (laughs) not allowed no i know what no is in chinese but she she said no and I was like, well, what's your reasoning? And she said, well, I run your show. And I was like, okay, that, that's, that's how it went down. 
And well, her no reasoning was Beijing's a big city, tons of pollution. I don't want to move there. I've been moving around my whole last decade with you, and I just want to settle down. We had four kids. She's like, I'm not raising my kids in China. No offense to China. But Traverse City is just, you know, in my opinion, it's a little better. I, I agree with her, but we missed out. So it's a little sensitive talking about this Olympics now because I could have been there. Could have been the captain of China. Imagine me rolling out game one versus Team Canada and I just sucker Sid the Kid or McDavid. Just send a message. <laughs> Heads up, Sid. I'm going to jump you. Heads up, McDavid. I'm coming after you, my friend. But Do you think you could go right now and play for Team China? No, not a chance. I have not put on a pair of skates in over six months. Haven't played in a game other than at the back of my church in a year and a half. No, I am so out of shape. It's embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing, the state of my body right now. I look good. I'm dying on the inside. Like, I'm just skinny fat guy definition. Every time I see people, they're like, oh, you're looking good. What are you doing? I'm like, absolutely nothing. Literally nothing. I cut down trees. That's that's the extent of my exercise. Lumberjack workout. Oh, man. Those chainsaws are heavy these days. Oh, boy. You have your own? Or you rent one? I'm not even going to dignify that with an answer. Do you know how many trees I cut down on a weekly basis? I don't. You never talked about boy, this before. Oh, boy. It's it's like I live in a lumber mill. Like, it's insane. I got a husk fire and a 20-incher farm edition. It's like a it's a beast. It, cut, it cuts through trees, man. Especially when you I put a new chain on it. Just for yesterday, and ugh, it's like a hot knife through butter. Are you cutting it like the right way, like the wedge and everything? Are you just cutting right through them and pushing them over? It depends the size of the tree, but yeah, usually a wedge. Yeah. 45, 90, wedge, cut from the backside, give it a little push, bombs away. But you know, sometimes the trees are on a hill, and you got to be a little more careful. And one time the tree got stuck on the stump, I cut it right through, and it just sat there. I'm like, that ain't good. That's when I almost broke my arm. So I, I like, was pushing it, but I was behind the tree. So I was behind another tree pushing that tree and I pushed it and the tree fell, but I didn't notice there was a branch right above it and the branch came down and whacked my arm. And if I would have got it caught on the stump, it would have snapped it in half. Ouch. But luckily I'm not made of paper like you and I just brushed it off and went about my business. Okay. This is fun. It is fun. I, you know what? It's the truth hurts sometimes. And sometimes it has to be said. And I'm I glad could, it's to your face. I could make the argument of how tough I am because of all that I've overcome, all the injuries. It doesn't slow me down. I just keep going and living my life. Is the toughest know? guy the guy who breaks every bone and keeps on going? Or yes. is it the guy who just doesn't break a thing and just owns it? Ah, this guy got knocked out. Look at him. He's getting up. Or is it the guy who knocked him out and who's tougher? I think it's the guy who knocked him out. I don't know. The guy who's doing all the knocking out doesn't have to face much adversity, though. Damn right, but he's still tough as nails. <laughs> well, so you okay? It's funny you mention that because I'm I, I'm listening to a book on tape now. It's called Unbroken. Have you ever heard of it? That the the World War Two one, Louis Zamperini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unbelievable. So I re- I read the book a while ago. I saw the movie. The movie's not as good as the book. Everyone always says that the movie was pretty darn good. This audio book is unbelievable. I'm like hooked. I sit in my car for long periods of time and just listen to it. Not even the car's not even on. I just get in my car and listen to it. So I'll drive somewhere, go to the grocery store, go to the gas station, go wherever. I park and I sit there for ten minutes and just listen to it. And everyone must think I'm just like some psycho sitting in there just like staring. <laughs> I'm like it's it's insane. Like, ah, Louie, you're on the raft, the shark. If you haven't read this book or seen this movie or listened to the audio tape, do it. Talk about tough as nails, this guy. 
tortured for over a year by the Japanese, whatever you want to call them. And they're the the Germans had the Nazis. You know that, Tim. Um, what were the, what do they call the Japanese soldiers? They didn't have a term the same way. They but, different groups and stuff. So, anyways, they tortured the yeah. tar out of Louis Zamperini, like some gross, disgusting, despicable. And he just gritted and bared it. You know what I mean? A great book. Unbroken. Check it out. Well, I don't know how we go. Okay. U.S. Olympics team. We're going to break down the roster. It's that, you know what? After doing this roster, U.S. has a shot. Yeah. They, they have a very good team. They have, even though. You know, their draft numbers have declined over the recent five, six, seven years. They, they hit a peak like 10, 15 years ago where there was a lot of U.S. guys being drafted. There was a big number. It's slowly been in the, on the decline. They have a, a great team. After I, I, I assembled the roster and I, the, the players that I left off, I was like, boy, oh, boy. Like the U.S. might. Like they're definitely going to compete for a medal. That, that goes without saying. They might win the gold medal. Have they ever won a gold medal in the Olympics since the NHL players have been allowed to play? I know, miracle. Have they ever? I know. I know they lost to Canada in Vancouver. What? Has, they haven't won a gold since then, right? I, I think it's been Canada. It's been Sweden. It's been those teams. I don't think the USA has won a gold medal. But we're gonna. Tim's frantically typing with one hand to try to see if they've won a, a gold medal. But can we just go through the the no brainers first? The guys on the team, or how do you want to work this, Tim? Um. I think we should each read our kind of prepared lineups and just go through there. All right, why don't you take us away first? <laughs> okay, so this is this is the lineup. My prediction. They have not, you know, released this officially yet. We we kind of know probably ninety percent of who's going to be there. But here's here's how I would shake this out. First line, you got Austin Matthews between Patrick Kane and Alex Debrinkit. I'm going for the uh, Debrinkit. Yes, I'm going for the Hawks connection there. Their line mates in Chicago, and then um, Matthews and Kane are obviously no brainers. Second line. Assuming that he's healthy, Jack Eichel between Brock Besser and Jane Getzel. I think that'll be a big goal scoring line. Interesting. Third, yes. Third line. Here's here's where it starts to get interesting. Jack Hughes between Max, Max Pacioretty and Kyle Connor. Man. Pacioretty's playing the off wing. He prefers to play left wing, but there's just a lot of lefties on this team. Jack Hughes, you got in your third line. Yes. Oh boy. And the fourth line, JT Miller. Between the Kachoks, Brady, and Matthew, I think that'll be a super hard line to play against. Um, and I think hopefully you know you'll get that that chemistry and connection there. So notable forwards that I left out of my starting roster: Dylan Larkin and Johnny Gaudreau. Did not Blake make, Wheeler. Yep. Nope. Didn't make the top twelve. Wow, that's that's a lot of top dudes you're leaving off there for like a, a Jack Hughes, even a Jake Gensel on. I don't know. Okay. Gensel's. He's arguably the best goal He's scorer. on my team as well. He's yeah. on my team. That That's an interesting lineup, to say the least. And a lot of hinges on Jack Eichel. I personally don't think he's going to make the team because, gosh, he needs surgery. He needs rehab. He needs to prove he, he's available. Who knows? I have him on my team as well with an asterisk. You know, if, if he's there, great. If he's not, great. Okay, so who do you got on the back end? Um, <clears throat> the back end is probably less interesting, but top pairing is Wierenski and Jones. They already have that chemistry. They'll, they'll lock it down. Then I got Fox and McAvoy, Adam Fox and Charlie McAvoy. And the third pairing is Quinn Hughes with John Carlson and Tory Krug being the extra. You got your boy, Tory Krug, as an extra? Yeah, it was hard because I think he, he's built for the Olympics. Like, he's so quick and he's speedy and all that. But I think Hughes does it even better. Um, so, yeah, I think Krug is probably just the odd man out. Then just who barely. do you got for goaltenders? 
Hellebuck and Gibson. Okay. All right. That's interesting. You know, they're, you, you went young, which is good. I like that. You're not really valuing youth. What do you think your most controversial pick is? Probably Jack Hughes. Yeah, I don't like that pick. Well, I mean, Dylan Larkin probably would be the next one up, but I think he's gotten worse like every year. I know he hasn't been playing with the, the best, but Hughes had more goals than him last year. He's got a wicked shot. He's kind of coming into his own. I think he's going to break out in the NHL this year. So, um, I, I don't know. if if He's probably not going to be on that team, or at least not in the starting roster, but uh, he was on mine. All right. I went for a more experienced lineup. I do have some youth in there. I just feel like in, in a situation like this, a short condensed tournament where every game counts, experience means something. So I, I went that route. So here we go. First line, I got Austin Matthews, obviously. He's a no-brainer. He's punch your ticket. This guy's your one center, no-brainer. I got Patrick Kane on his right side. And a guy who I, I dog a lot but I think works well with Patrick Kane and Austin Matthews. I, I think those two guys are bona fide goal scorers. Kaner can do it all. He can score. He can dish. Johnny Gaudreau. I like him on my left side. He can get up and down the ice. I think if you put him with elite players, he's just dangerous. I like him. I like him a lot. Okay, here's my second line. And this is where my asterisk comes in because Jack Eichel is my two center. Obviously the second best centerman, maybe in the league, Definitely on Team USA. My right side, this is where my my veteran leadership comes in. Joe Pavelski, Captain America, obviously uh, oh, forgotten a lot. You know, what What doesn't he do? He He's consistently in the top 10 in goals scored every single year. He's 37. I know he's got a lot of miles on him. He produces. That's all he does. You put him in a situation, he's going to score goals. I don't care what team. I don't care what the score is. I don't care where you're playing this game. He will score goals. And if you put him with Jack Eichel, it's going to be a dangerous lineup. On the left side, I went back and forth. Do I go Debrinket? Do I go Gensel? I like Kyle Connor. He's a guy, he doesn't get, much like Joe Pavelski, maybe a little less than Joe Pavelski, doesn't get a lot of recognition. He's a good stinking player. He gets up and down the ice. He's a responsible player. He's just knocked it out of the park with Winnipeg. I like him. Third line, I went Dylan Larkin. He's fast. He can move the puck. I just like the way he plays the game. On the left, I got Jake Gensel. I think he scored goals. Then another veteran guy who he left off, Blake Wheeler. I like the way he plays the game. I think he can keep up with Dylan Larkin. That's my speedster line. That's my line that goes up and down the ice, and they're just bombing. Like, they just throw the puck in the corner. Blake Wheeler can go and blow someone up. Dylan Larkin comes and picks it up, gives it out to Jake Gensel, who is arguably maybe the best shot on the team behind Austin Matthews. He score goal. He scores goals. What, where do you think Sid Crosby gets all the assists from? It's Jake Gensel. If Jake Gensel isn't riding shotgun with Sid Crosby, we don't even talk about Crosby. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, you know, but I'm just saying, like, he's the beneficiary, but he still has to put the puck in the back of the net. We talk about Brady Kachuk, how he has all these great A chances. Jake Gensel is Brady Kachuk, but Jake Gensel scores the goals. Like, he, he just buries chances whenever he gets them. So he's my third line, Larkin, Wheeler, and Jake Gensel. My fourth line, I like JT Miller. I think he's an effective player. He's got grit. You can throw him on the PK. I think you need that in the Olympics. You need you need him to play against the other team's top lines, potentially. I got Brock Besser on the right wing there. I think another goal scorer. Every line is just goal scoring up the yin-yang. It's scary. And then I'm moving Matthew Kachuk from the right to the left. So I got Matthew Kachuk, JT Miller, and Brock Besser. Kind of like an all-Canadian team there. Lots lots of Canadian. Now, 
they play for Canadian teams. That's that's all I mean. So on my bench, I have Alex DeBrinket and Jack Hughes. Brady Kachuk doesn't make the team, and some other guy you had doesn't make the team. So yeah, I got DeBrinket and Ready and Patrick. I I I don't like Patrick. Ready. That, that's like more personal. So. That's more personal. But what are you going to do? Our our defense is pretty similar. I don't think there's much talk on the back end. I got Jeff Petrie as a fill in over. Uh, well, I don't have Quinn Hughes. I have Tory Krug in Quinn Hughes' spot, and I have Jeff Petrie as my seventh. And uh, if I'm going to take eight, I'm taking Jakob Slavin, or as they call him in the USA, Jacob Slavin. So he's not a European. So yeah, I got Warinsky Jones, I got Krug and Carlson, and I got Fox and McAvoy, and then I got Petrie and Slavin as my backups. And for goaltenders, yeah, Hellebuck, Gibson, Thatcher, Demko. They usually take three. That's my lineup. I mean, I, one. This is probably the best team USA I can remember in, in recent history. In the last several Olympics, anyway. Yeah, back when they're in their prime, when they had like Tony Amonti, Mike Madonna, you had Mike Richter, Brian Chelios. Leach, Chelios. That's when they had a lot of Mark Darian Hatcher. They had some pretty sexy names, like big marquee names. This is the most balanced USA team we've ever seen. Top to bottom, four lines they can roll out, and it's four dangerous lines. I don't think Team USA has had this depth that I can remember. They're they're going to compete. I th- I think Canada USA has to have the top two rosters. I would think Russia's going to be up there. Sweden's always dangerous. Finland's always dangerous. These other countries, Switzerland is, you know, they're looking dangerous. Latvia's looking dangerous. They can always pull an upset. Norway has quietly been amassing some pretty or Denmark, excuse me, not Norway. Denmark, they and Norway, they they've quietly been amassing like Zuccarello you have a couple other dangerous players in those countries. So they're not rollovers like they used to be. But, you know, it's going to be the same old, same old. The Czech Republic, they're not as scary as they once were. But it's going to be interesting. I, I agree. USA, they they should be upset if they don't come home with a silver or gold. Well, think about, like, the talent, the goal-scoring ability. It's not what they had before. Like, I'm just looking, you know, they, they used to, in 2010, 2014, build these rosters as if they're going for, like, a, a deep playoff run. And they're just—they have like Bacchus and Kessler and Dustin Brown and Ryan Callahan, all great players, all great as you want, like in a Stanley Cup run. But they were just getting out talented in these Olympic. Now, now it's not going to be a problem. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be a good, good team, and I think they're going to win some games. And I think they—they they, like you said—they should be meddling. Well, they definitely should be meddling. Uh, uh, that's that's a no-brainer. It's it comes down to basically the litmus test with the Olympics is Team Canada. Can you compete with Team Canada? Can you keep up with them? Because you know Canada is going to roll out four lines of all-pro all-stars who can dominate you in any any way they want. They can shut you down. They can, you know, goal score. They can do what basically whatever they want to do, they can do. Can the, can the USA match that? Can they keep up with them? I don't know. That's, that's yet to be seen. I, th- I think, gosh, if Jack Eichel... He's a, he's a big question mark. If he can play, if he can show up, that makes them so much better. So so much better. Better. Some players we we didn't really touch on who maybe are we're leaving out TJ Oshi. Yep. You know, he he's part of the old guard. His insane shootout performance last Olympics when he just went like 12 for 12 or something stupid like that. Another guy who scores goals, Brian Rust. You know, he's a, he's a young player who we didn't include, but they, they will have some options going forward. Ryan McDonough. Do you Kessel. Feel the, feel the thrill. thrill. Kessel. 
like th- there's just a lot of guys who Vincent Trocek, who's a good player. Anders Lee, is he healthy? Is he back? You know, James Van Riemsdyk, Cam Atkinson. So there's a lot of players, young guys like Connor Garland, old guys, Jacob Chitron. Which country is he going to play for? Canada, USA? We don't know. We'll see how the lineup shakes out. Obviously, there's going to be injuries. Obviously, there's going to be whoever's coaching is going to prefer one guy to the other. Kyle Palmieri, he's another guy. You know, Chris Kreider. There's a, there's a lot of guys the USA has. Peter Stasny has been playing like garbage the last couple of years, but Paul. who knows? Paul, excuse me. I always say Peter. This is Peter's dad. You know, it's, it'll be funny too. Like, there's always the argument of like, could Canada's B team beat almost any other team, any other country? Like, the guys who won't make Canada's roster would still be like a top three to five team in the whole world. I, th- I think they could. But you could arguably say that about USA now. Th- this is what makes the Olympics so great is there's always the. Yeah, but, you know what I mean? Well, USA, they won silver this year. Yeah, but if they would have thrown, picked Pavelski, maybe they would have won gold. Yeah, but if Jack Eichel was healthy, maybe they would have won gold. Or they could have, there's, there's always the second guessing. I've seen some Canadian rosters where they're not even including Brad Marchand. I was like, are you nuts? Brad Marchand is probably one of the top four or five players in the NHL, all told. So there will be just a lot of debating about this team rightfully so and it's fun to do that because there's so many good players and that's a luxury the USA has now where they haven't had in years past it's like we can actually debate who's going to be on this team and we're going to leave off some really really good players like I I know I have my lineup I don't think Pavelski makes it I I think they're going to skew younger I think they're going to give these guys experience I don't think Blake Wheeler makes it so we'll see how the lineup shakes out I don't know you know a lot changes in a couple months a lot changes. Maybe I come out of retirement and make the team. I, I haven't declared my citizenship. I'm still good for Canada. I'm still good for USA. Much like Dougie Hamilton. Much like uh, Jacob Chitron. So we'll see where we'll see how it goes, Tim. Maybe we'll break down Team Canada predictions later in the week. But and I I, I haven't really dug into it too much. But I, I saw some previews and I think not to, you know not to be too much of like a, a hard take person, but I don't think it's as good as some of the teams they've had in the past. I think Team Canada is not going to be as good. They're still going to be incredible. They're probably still going to be number one, but they're not as strong top to bottom as they've been in years past. False. I, I believe their forwards are better than any year they've ever had. McDavid's never played for them. Let's just, say, let's just say that. Their defense is going to be their weakness. Their forwards are lights out. You, you think McDavid, Matthews and Eichel is good? Oh, our one and one B is Crosby and McDavid. Oh, whammy. Mc, McKinnon. Oh, McKinnon's our third center. Whammy. He'll play. He'll play the wing. Probably. Yeah, they have so many good centermen. They have a line full of centermen. Like that's their second line. Bergeron's going to play wing too. Yeah. They, they, to say that this is their worst lineup is that's wrong, but it, it's just What's, malpractice. Their defense is. You're going to see a complete new decor from when they won it five years. I don't even know the number because of COVID. Six years ago, when they iced Dowdy and Keith and Weber and Peter Angelo and I don't know who else Burns Burns and somebody else it's going to be completely the only one who might make the team is Peter Angelo maybe doubt he might yeah he had a good year he's still only 31 or something I know he may be those two are the two maybes who I have on my roster I did Canada too just because I thought we're going to do both I just over prepared shocker but they're going to have a whole slew of new defensemen so it's going to be it's going to be very exciting to see the Canadian defensemen their forwards are their strength. Their goaltenders are still like a million years old. Carey Price, Mark Andre Fleury, maybe throw in. We're gonna we'll get to Canada next week. Any any more comments on Team USA? 
no, no, but we we skipped right over the whole uh, Kakaniemi thing. Well, let's let's wrap this up. We'll put a bow on this. The Olympics. What medal? When they're flying back from Beijing, do they have wrapped around their necks? Team USA. Yeah. No. Team Russia. Man, Tim. Sometimes we just talked about Canada for five minutes. For like two seconds. We're talking Team USA today. I'll say silver, bronze. Okay. They're gonna win. They're gonna come back from. Would you rather win a bronze or lose a silver? Wait, say that again. Would you rather win a bronze or lose a silver? Lose a silver? Lose and get silver. Oh. Uh, you know what? It's pulling teeth. Silver. Can I? Am I? Is it just me? You. The sentence has made no uh, sense. It makes win a bronze or lose a silver. 99% of the people in the world. If you win a bronze, you lost the silver. So. No, you don't because you didn't lose the game. You win your bronze. You win the game to win the bronze. Silver. Okay. Says a lot about you. I would take the bronze. That, right. that, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> yes, is, I would. No, well, I guess you would get a chance to compete for the gold. So yeah, I'd probably take the silver. You're right. You're yeah, right. Come on. All right. So what else? Do you you were gonna mention Kakinemi? Yep. Montreal officially did not match the offer sheet from Carolina, and they took the picks as compensation, and they made a move. So the whole thing happened pretty quickly, all in the span of like an hour. Bergevin is a very bright man. He did exactly what everybody thought he would. Would I know all the pundits have been talking about him, myself included. He was pounding the pavement. He was calling teams. He was trying to get the best deal. And I think he got the best player available. Well, maybe not the best player. The player with the best situation available. Um, gosh, my mind's... Exceeded. What's this kid's last name? It's Christian Dvorak. Dvorak. He's still signed for four years, 4.4. He's got a great contract. He's a good player. Maybe he's not as good, obviously, as a Thomas Hurdle. Maybe the asking price for Thomas Hurdle was too high. Maybe Thomas Hurdle still isn't available because Doug Wilson still thinks the San Jose Sharks can put, you know, push for a playoff position. We'll see how that plays out. But I like this deal for Montreal. I think it solidifies. He's a better player than Kakinemi. Christian Dvorak. Today, as it stands, he's a better player. Maybe in three years, Kakinemi kind of rounds out and he becomes the player they thought he was when he was they drafted him third overall in 2018. But as it stands today, Montreal is a better team with Christian Dvorak than they are with Kakinemi. What did you think of this, Tim? Um, interesting comments yesterday or the day before from Bergevin. He had a, he had a press conference and um, he talked about you know the relationship with Kakinemi and there's kind of this argument or maybe this conversation going on of, of which... Which party failed the other? Did, did the Montreal Canadiens kind of fail Kakaniemi by not giving enough, enough time to develop, not get, giving the right path to develop, or did Kakaniemi get all the chances and um, just didn't didn't kind of follow through, didn't take the steps that he should have taken? And, and Bergevin basically said something along the lines of, "We give every player in our organization the same opportunity, and they just it's what, depends on what they want to do with it." Basically, which I thought was really interesting. Bergevin's the biggest wiener of a GM there is in the NHL. I feel like. When he goes to a game, he hopes all the cameras are on him. He loves him some himself. To make these comments, it's like, why? Like, the, the, the pettiness and the childishness of this whole circumstance. You know, Carolina's GM is not, you know, absolved of this also. He, he was involved in it. Just why? You know what? Just shut your mouth. Just be quiet. So You know what I mean? It's just like, be a grown-up. Be a GM. You're the leader of this team. Just say, we wish him well. We tried to give him every opportunity. We hope he develops in Carolina. He did well for us. Don't be petty. You know what I mean? It's just, what good does this do? Yeah, and he also said, he was quoted saying, would we have loved to have kept him? Of course, but not at $6.1 million. 
Which is a strange thing for a GM to say, I think. Well, I don't mind that because that's the truth. Like, 6.1 is double what he should be making. Like, he should be in the 2.5 to 3 range. I think that's a good price for a guy who gets 20, 25 points and has some potential. But just, I don't know. Obviously, you're not going to pay him 6.1. Like, it's it's too much. So, it's, it's interesting. I'm glad it's over. Montreal's got a very good team. I think it's going to be them in Toronto and... Well, it's not the North Division anymore, so no, I don't it, even know the divisions anymore. I'm so backwards. Yeah, they're gonna be, they're gonna have a good team. They'll make some noise. They have some experience under the belt. Kyle Caulfield's gonna be very dangerous. He's your Calder Trophy winner. Cole, Cole, Cole who cares? Honestly, I don't care anymore. <laughs> it's gonna be a good season for Montreal. This is a this is a good move for them. It doesn't tie them up to Cocky and Emmy. They can still make moves on their roster. They don't they don't have to saddle it down with 6.1 million and cocky and I mean, he's going to a good position in carolina i will not be surprised if he re-ups with carolina a similar deal to dvorak four or five years for four million bucks so good i'm glad it's over with now arizona got shipped out another young talented player under good contract there well, actually and i saw we've been bashing him i saw an article i forget who wrote it but um talking about how good of an offseason they're having in terms of like building for the future, getting assets. They had a bunch of picks. I think they have three first-rounders. They got um, multiple second-rounders, third-rounders, whatever, some young prospects, some bad contracts, but they won't be on the books for that much longer. So, But they're definitely playing a long game. They're not going to be a good team for at least five years probably. Although, I will say, there's speculation, and again, it's just who knows. It's, it's years out, but they're, that they're going to make – they're all building this up to be – the number one target for Austin Matthews when he's when he's up for a contract negotiation. He's a hometown guy. Yep. With, and which would be the biggest contract in NHL history, and they'll have the money to do it. Yeah, I do, I don't buy it. I feel like in order to maximize the picks you're getting, you have to have some kind of track record of drafting good players and being able to build these players they, they do don't draft good players they they just try i don't believe it i don't think they're in it to win i think they're in it for the money they are well that's the thing because the miami marlins of baseball and the tampa bay rays they still are cash strapped they throw out stud teams every single year and they're challenging like i think tampa bay's leading the al east and they have this like the lowest salary cap in the league like it's it's incredible what they do Arizona's not that. They don't have a good scouting system. They don't have good people in place to go out and find these players and to develop them. They're a broken system. They they need to figure out something else in Arizona. It's not working. And then to trade away all of your good players. Every single one. Name one forward on their team who's good. Clayton Keller. Is he a first-line guy on any other team? Probably not. Is he a second-line guy, maybe, yeah. on a good team? No, yeah. not on a good team. No, it's it's a joke. Arizona Kessel, I, I he's not. He's a third or fourth line guy. I feel bad for the players on that team. Jacob Chitrin, all star defenseman. I feel bad for him. And we'll see what happens. I hope they can you know figure it out. Get a new arena somewhere. They they just put in a bid for some land in Tempe. So maybe they can buy that land, build an arena, play at ASU for a couple years, get a big fancy new arena, get Austin Matthews, get all these draft picks, and then boom, straight to the moon. You know what I mean? Stanley Cup. Until you show me that you care about winning, until you show me that you can draft some good players that are sustainable, long-term, talented players, and you can develop them, you know, I just don't believe it. I'm not buying it. It it just upsets me. Because it's such a good town. Man, Arizona's great. They're just bumbling through this. The owner, the president, the GM, they don't know what they're doing. 
It's just sad. What do you're trading away every good player? Does why like the one guy who had a decent contract, Christian Dvorak, who's a good player? You trade him away for a low first rounder and a third rounder. Or, I don't know what else they got. It's a joke. Dip. Arizona sucks. Sorry, Arizona. Phoenix yeah. Coyotes. Change your name to Arizona to be more inclusive with the whole state. Give me a break. They, uh, Arizona, that means all of Arizona is going to like us. Nah, just stick with Phoenix Coyotes. Dvorak had just closed on a house the day before, too. Whammy. That's, that stinks. That's a tough pill to swallow. That's, that's like an insult to injury. Nice yeah. new digs, Christian. You're going to Montreal. We're, good luck finding a house. Like That's an expensive city. You're going to be making, oh, Canadian taxes. Oof, duh. He's making pennies on the dollar now compared to what he was making in Arizona. You can buy a million-dollar house in Arizona, sprawling landscape, pool, waterfalls, beautiful on the golf course, Greyhawk, like beautiful. million bucks in Montreal, maybe a two-bedroom condo, maybe. Like it's a completely different animal. Smoked meat in Montreal, though, is delicious. Oh, go to Montreal, get yourself a smoked meat sandwich. Is that where they have the hot dogs too? Yeah, the pocket dogs. But the smoked meat sandwiches, delicious. A little sauerkraut, a little cheese melted up. I'm telling you what, best sandwiches you'll ever eat. So, uh, do you want to do the voicemail now? I do. Yeah. Let's wrap it up with some voicemails. Tim set up this voicemail system. Very exciting. Yeah, That's we've had a few. Questions. Um, and so I'll, 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 I'll play just like two couple or three. A couple vulgar questions. No. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> couple, couple messages to Tim maybe inappropriate from women. That's not true. All right. Here's one. Let's Cue it up, works. Tim. Let's see how this works. Hey, this is John Hyatt from up in Bangor, Maine. Was a huge fan of John and Scott when he was uh, on the Rangers. Big Rangers fan. Uh, wondering if you guys had any opinions on Tomas Hurdle going to the Rangers. I heard the latest episode where you had mentioned he would be a good uh, good kind of transaction with Montreal and the whole cock and yammy. Uh, offer sheet there, but wondering what you guys think of him as a uh, number two center behind Mika Zibanejad for the New York Rangers instead of them going after Jack Eichel. Thanks so much. Love the show. What do you think? John from Bangor, Maine. My man. I love that. Never been to Maine. I need to go. Heard it's a beautiful spot. Just got hammered by a hurricane, didn't they? Uh, yeah, the whole East Coast. Hopefully he's doing well. I'm thinking about you, John. Thomas Hurdle to the Rangers. Very interesting. He made his mark in the NHL when he absolutely lit up the New York Rangers with four goals. Joe Thornton made the infamous comment about if I would score four goals. Anyways, look it up if you haven't seen it. But it, the only problem with the Rangers, they want Eichel, obviously, contracts. You can't take on a Thomas Hurdle and expect to sign him for anything less than $9, $10 million. You have Zabinajad, You have Panarin. You have Fox. You have all the you have all these high end guys who are going to need contracts. Does adding a Thomas Hurdle into your system for nine million bucks because his contract's up, like it looks good this year when he's only making five or six? What what is their contract status stand at right now, Tim? Well, so the Rangers have about eight million dollars in cap space. And Hurdle makes I think five and a half, um, but they they just gave three point six to Barkley Gaudreau, so. They don't have. There's not a ton of space there. No, it it, it it makes sense on the ice. It would be 
unreal if they could fit him in. But they just, they're going to have to re-up Kako Kaka. What are they going to give him? Lafreniere is coming up on a deal. They're going to have to give him more money. They have a lot of guys who need to be paid. Adam Fox, if it stands me, didn't he just win the Norris? Yep. He's going to need a boatload of money. So who do you want? Do you want to have an Adam Fox or a Thomas Hurdle? Hometown, hometown guy who you know produces or bring in a Thomas Hurdle to settle up your your front end. I, I don't think they can fit it in unless they get rid of Zabinijad. They just have too many contracts that are up. We'll see. He would fit in great there. Thomas Hurdle, I, I glowed about him last episode. I think he's great. I love him. I love the way he plays the game. I love how he conducts himself on the ice and off the ice he's he's a poor man's jogger and i know tim doesn't like that comparison but he is he's built like him maybe he doesn't have the same high-end hands as jogger had but boy can he just lug that puck he can carry the luggage man thank you john for the question i would like to see him with the rangers i don't see it happening numbers wise they have enough high-end talent that they have to kind of manage that but that's the thing you need to move zabinajad in order to get hurdle so that, that was the thing with Eichel. Buffalo wants Zabinijad, and the Rangers don't want to give him up. It, it's a sticky situation. We'll see. But uh, I, don't, I don't think Thomas goes to the Rangers. All right, I'll play another here. Yeah, this is fun. David Samina from Lynchburg, Virginia, originally from Alberta, Canada. John, have you ever talked to Phil Kessel since the incident, or have you heard anything through the great Brian about what he thought about when you tried to jump him. Thanks, bye. What was that guy's name? I didn't catch it. David Samina. David, great question. I wonder where you're from in uh, Arizona. Very interesting. No, he's from Lynchburg, Virginia. But he's from Alberta. Listen to the message, Tim. You said Arizona. I did? (laughs) Sorry, I'm out of whack here. Well, (laughs) Phil's in Arizona right now, so maybe I'm thinking about that. But um, no, I did talk to Phil right after that because that was preseason and the team's, the security's a little less lax during preseason, so... The Toronto guys had to walk right through our corridor to get to their cars or maybe to go see their family, whatever it may be. Or maybe he was just visiting other players when I was with Buffalo. So I grabbed him around the neck. I was like, Phil, you know, I was just joking around. He just like stone faced me. Didn't say a word. He's super pissed. So he didn't say a word when I did that. And the next conversation we had, I got his number from Joe Pavelski because I wanted him to come on the show. So like I'm talking 10 years later. Uh, I texted him. I said, hey, Phil, John Scott here. Hope you're doing well. Uh, just doing a podcast. One of you jump on. And he goes, hey, pal, I don't really do those podcasts. Just not my type of thing. Sorry about that. Hope all is well. And then I stalked him for a while. I, I sent a message after message after message. Like th- this is one of my messages. Hey, Phil, uh, it only take 15 minutes. Very painless. Ask Pavs. I'm a sweetheart, Phil. Please. Like just <laughs> desperate text messages to Phil Kessel. And he just ghosts me. So and there was a few of those, but yeah, we didn't we didn't talk too much. So I I don't know how he feels about it. I really don't. If he thought it was funny, if he was pissed, I, I did we talk to Colt Nor about? It? I don't think he gave us a clear cut answer. I don't Phil thought. But yeah, now Phil, I you know it's water under the bridge. I want to play one more quick one. All right. Yeah, this is Bubba from uh, Western Massachusetts. Just didn't know if John wanted to talk. Saw Jake Gardner's going to be out for the year and uh, figured he'd probably take it pretty hard. So we're thinking about you, buddy. Jake Gardner's out for the season. <sighs> Bubba, I didn't, I had no idea. Um, why? His back? Injury, yeah. They're going to move him to the LTIR. 
Um, that is tough. That's that's not good. I have I have no words to <laughs> convey my emotions right now. That's too bad. He's a good player, and I know I make jokes about Jake Gardner this and that, but uh, that's too bad. What is he gonna do when he's laid up in his house? How is he gonna get food? Maybe he wants to be a co-host. Maybe he can jump. We got to get him on the show. We got to get him on the show. Because then he can help us with this DoorDash ad. Because I was trying to open the door for you and you just completely shut it. I said, how is he going to get food, I said. (laughs) And you said, maybe he can come on the show and be a host. (laughs) You see what I'm working with here, people? I'm trying to make magic. All right. Moving on. We got to do this ad. But it's not really an ad because it really is a good company. Go to DoorDash. Use their app. Go on their website. Check it out. Get your food. If you're going to get food, if you're going to order delivery, if you're going to use a company, use DoorDash. They deliver it to you. They're a great company. Tell them we sent you. Can they tell them we sent us? Is there a promo code working? Nope. No. What a terrible promo code we have. But when it's online, you can use our promo code. Right now, just go to DoorDash. Check them out. They're a good company. Get some food from them. They work. They're the best one in the business. They are. We wouldn't use another company who wasn't good. What's another food delivery company? Uber Eats. Blame Uber. Terrible. Grubhub. Blame DoorDash. DoorDash. Use DoorDash. They're number one. They're number one for a reason is because they advertise with us. I use them. Tim used them. And they're fantastic. Anything else, Tim? Uh, nope. That'll be it. That's all. Next episode. Well, are we going to have Andrew Ladd on this week? Yeah. We, I think tomorrow. All right, so we're going to have Andrew Ladd on for an interview. Oh, we just bashed Arizona. We're going to talk about Arizona a little bit, see how excited he is to go down to what's their, the Sunshine State? Nope. The Cactus State? Probably. The Orange Peel? What is Arizona State motto? I don't know. I don't know either. Cactus State. But yeah, we're going to have him on. We'll get We'll chat with him how his time was with the Islanders. How he's feeling. He's healthy now, finally. It's been a long time since he's been healthy. He's a very effective player. Won a couple cups in Chicago. All right, everybody. I think just one cup, not a couple. Just one, one in Carolina, too. Won a couple cups overall. Good for him. All right, everybody. We will talk to you then. We'll talk to Andrew Ladd. I hope everyone's doing well. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.